please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome to this week's installment of the Vagabond Exchange podcast. I am Emily, here with... William. (laughs) We are, once again, podcasting from a dining room somewhere in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. And I don't know what number we're on. I believe this is 17. Really? Yeah, because... Holy We didn't... Last week was the first week where we didn't announce the episode. Okay, that's probably why. Yeah. So... Well, how do you like that? I know. It's fantastic. We didn't think we'd ever get here. No, we didn't. <laughs> like it's such a milestone. I know. Um, I do want to tell you I'm doing something different. What are you doing? On this podcast and I've done Don't before. tell me. Just kidding. Tell me. No. Well, I just, I took a lot of notes. Oh. Is that what that paper shuffling sound is? You so took a you, lot of notes. Hmm? Oh, you! Oh, you! I took a lot of notes. notes. Yeah, because I I realized that like during the week I'm thinking I, I want to say this and I want to say that. Yeah. And then once we do the show, I completely forget. forget everything. But you still sound clever and articulate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how's your day? How's your week? We're in the middle of the week. Usually we, we do mi- this on the weekend. Yes, but we were out of town for a couple of days and and lazy. Well, I was lazy when we got back. So, well, you we both lazy. were No, we were. I was inordinately lazy. <laughs> so anyway, I guess we have quite a few things to talk about. Yes, we do. So on this show, going forward, we will be speaking at warp speed. Yes. And <laughs> done. Yep. <laughs> uh, yes, we do have a lot of things to talk about. Um, as William mentioned, we were away for a few days visiting um, our second favorite city by the bay. Seattle, right? Um, our first being San Francisco, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, we got back a couple days ago. Yep. Spent four days in Seattle. Four. Um, the short side of four. Three days and four nights. That sounds good. Do we want to talk about what we did there? Sure. Since uh, you took so many notes. Okay. Well, I should, uh, before we get into that, I should congratulate all the New York Yankees fans. Yes. Because the Yankees won. It was a good six-game series. Mm-hmm. And, um, but maybe next year. Maybe next year it'll be the Tigers and the Phillies. <gasps> or maybe just the Tigers. Yeah. Because it'll be That's so good. That's not going to happen. Hey. Um, but anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you. What? I'm starting right from the beginning. What are you asking? The first thing I want to talk about is are the airports. Yes, can we please talk about airports? First of all, <laughs> let me <laughs> I took a few notes. Yes, while you were at the airports? I did. Because we have to say, well, should we say what airports we visited this weekend or are you getting to that? I was getting to I'm that. I'm very nervous cuz you never are like all excited about topics. So let's hear this. Well, that's because I'm you never the last know. couple of shows if I, I listen, I'm so humdrum. Yeah, real, well. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to pep it up a little bit. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right. Now we went to three airports. Correct. 
uh, Nashville, Denver, right. and the Seattle air- airport. Yes. First, I want to ask you, out of the three, what is your favorite? Denver. And why? Um, I like the way it's laid out. Well, okay, first of all, I have to say, whenever I've been in Denver, um, I've only been, like, through Denver. I've never had to catch a flight or depart from Denver. Well, I've only had layovers at the Denver airport. Right. How's that? Are you going to say something? Well, I was going to say that uh, the couple of times that I have been to, and Denver is my favorite as well, but the couple of times that I have been, have been connecting flights or whatever. Yes. So I haven't had to go through their security. Right. But I have a, uh, I've recently become acquainted with someone who's from, from Denver and he like loves the airport. So he would vouch for this. Okay. Anyway, um, the few times that I've had layovers there and I flown both Southwest and Frontier Airlines in and out of Denver, the, the gate, for some reason, the way it's laid out, it's really easy for me to get from one gate to the other. Right. If you've ever, ever flown through um, Detroit, which is, I fly in and out of there a lot because I'm from Michigan, sometimes you have to walk a really long way or you have to, like, cross gates, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So you end up, it's kind of discombobulated. For some reason, the Denver airport seems laid out very nicely. And I appreciate their bathroom to seating area ratio you're never far from a bathroom at the denver airport and sometimes if you have to go really badly between flights that's important that is important and the bathrooms are huge yes and very clean very clean and they have those big like privacy doors which is important i don't know well we we've never really talked about this because you probably just use the urinal but especially if you're a woman traveling alone Mm -hmm. and you've got like a suitcase with you Uh, you don't want to put it down and exactly and you also don't like you need enough space in the stall to like get your suitcase in and have it so someone can't reach their hand under the door and grab, right. which I don't think I've ever told you this, but somebody did grab a purse of mine mm-hmm. out from under the door of a bathroom once. Like I had to stand up very quickly and kick their arm. Really? Yeah. It was a do woman they, too. Do they? Well, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard of men coming in and doing that too. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's bold. But yes. I would hope, do they have the hooks like towards the top of the They have the, the thing behind the stall that, that um, flaps down. So you can set your purse. It's like a metal rack thingy, uh, and it folds up, and you pull it's on a spring. So when you pull it down and set your purse down, the weight of your purse holds it down. So, it, but it's back behind you, so uh, nobody can nobody get can to reach it. over the door. And, and the stall doors come down high enough that you couldn't get your whole arm underneath it. That's good. Some airports have that, some don't. Okay. I'm very excited about the bathroom doors. Well, we have sorry. a lot of bathroom talk on this show because yes. I have other restrooms I want to mention. <laughs> okay. Oh, so anyway, um, Denver's my favorite. Yes, Denver is my favorite as well. Plus, um, they have the cool, and I did confirm that the design of the outside of the airport is supposed to resemble mountains. Mountain peaks. Yes. Yes, because I did ask you what those were. Yes, like and I... A lot of titties out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> they do look like titties. <laughs> but I will tell you, another reason why I like Denver mm-hmm. is because... When we got when we were in Nashville, we wanted to get hooked up to the wireless connection. Yes, 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 yes. And Nashville only offers Boingo. Right. And you had to pay five bucks for an hour's worth of Boingo. Right. Which, which sounds kind did, of obscene. It it was it is obscene, but I felt slightly better given that we shared the connection that I bought. So it really was only two fifty. That's right. That's true. Um, still. It's five dollars a, mo- a week or an hour, and right. ten dollars a month for wi- a wireless connection. Right. For any place that has Boingo. Right. Or if your company has that Go Pass thing, you can just hook up at any airport. 
Okay. We should talk about that between the two of us later because I have more information on that. Anyway. Okay. Um, but in comparison, Denver has wireless that is free after a 30-second advertisement. Right. So they show you a little commercial and then you have it for free. Right. Seattle has a lot of has wireless connections, but they're not like really sp- sponsored by the airport. Uh, they were just kind of like different areas because huh. they weren't all real strong signals. Like one said, like executive suite, I guess for. Oh, I wonder if it was like the airline clubs or whatever, right? Like the Admirals Club for American, right? Yeah. yeah. So Denver wins on the wireless connection as well. Well, on the yeah, on the on the everything front, it sounds like yes. So, there you go, Denver. Yes. Yay, Denver. Denver. We need to take a trip to Denver because I've been hearing more and more people talk about how great it is. Right. We should should get uh, Colorado Casey Casey to, if they're still listening, hello. (laughs) Well, it's only been like two weeks. Has it? (laughs) It's not like Seattle Joe who takes months to get back to us. (laughs) It's on hiatus. Not dissing Joe, though. I'm about to give you some serious props, props. in a few minutes, Joe. Yeah. Okay, so your airports. Right. What's next on your list? Um, well, I have one more thing to mention about the airports. Yes. But this is a part of our trip. Okay. When you, we flew from Nashville to Denver. Yes. From Denver to Seattle. Right. It's about two hours from here to Denver and two and a half hours to mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, when you land in the Seattle airport. And you go down to the baggage claim. There are individuals down there that appear to be in an information booth. Yes, that's correct. And they yell at you. <laughs> yes. To me, the, there was an, an older woman yelling, young man, young man. So I thought. And they say it in a way that makes you feel like you've either dropped something or. You're have, in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's it looks very, like an information booth. Yes. So and it's usually manned by two people. Like, it's sitting at the booth, not right. standing. No signs, no advertisements. Right. It's just two people at a booth. Now, I will say last year, um, I fell victim to the people at the booth. Um, and I won't give away what they were, what, what their purpose was. But when I saw that they had gotten their claws into you, I tried to, out of the corner of my mouth, warn you. But you were already... Wandering over. <laughs> yes. Did I do something wrong? And you, you I just got here. <laughs> you noticed that I didn't follow you. Yeah, I, you, you were gone. <laughs> I was Sucker. already. I was at the hotel. So anyway, the woman calls me, young man, young man. So I see this kindly looking African-American woman and I wander over. She looked elderly too. Yeah. And she begins to ask me to make a donation for homeless kids. And she's got a... A Bible laid out. She's got pictures of little dirty children. And um, she shows me this list of what kind of tax-deductible donations I can make. Right. The lowest number on the list was for $20. So having been drawn in already, and I can't walk away from pictures of dirty little kids, I gave her five bucks. Which is always very nice of you. You're very generous, and you're giving to... The homeless. Much more generous. I'd much rather give five bucks to some guy on the street than somebody that uh, dupes me like that. Especially, we were talking about this. This is baggage claim. Right. You've just taken, most people, if it's Seattle, you can probably assume that a lot of people have just been on long flights. Right. The last thing you want to do is get, 
you know, reeled in by someone trying to take your money. Well, and that's. I think that's. They know that they're taking advantage. I mean, think about how you feel when you get off a flight, even if it's a short flight. You're a little. If you, especially if you don't know the airport, which we've been to Seattle before, so it wasn't like it was completely foreign. Right. But you know, you're kind of like not really sure where to go or how signs are going to be posted. And the Seattle airport's old, so it's kind of. It's got that weird, like, yellow lighting, kind of. It's a little spooky to me. I don't know if you felt the same way. It always feels, and maybe because we always landed, or we've landed at, at night, night both times, true. but it always feels kind of like a wasteland, a yeah, little bit abandoned. It, it's very strange to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So you're a little kind of out of sorts, and you hear someone saying, and there was actually a woman that came behind us after we had gotten our bags and we were walking out to get our taxi and he said the the guy that was standing over there said i think he said young lady or something like that he addressed her as a young woman and she turned and looked at him she was probably 19 and he said you're not in trouble come on over and i thought you jackass this is probably some college student on her way back to school or something and you're accosting her in the airport and what really pisses me off is that the Whoever manages SeaTac Airport lets these people come in and do this to right. people who patron their airport. Yep. <sighs> Sorry. I agree. I got a, a that same guy was saying to some guy, I like your suit. You said he had on like a what? <laughs> Running jacket. He's like, and I like, like your suit. Come over here and shake my hand. <laughs> I saw the guy like recounting the story to his wife later, and she was like, he called that a suit? <laughs> I was like, thank you. Yep. So – if Denver. you are in the Seattle airport and you are going to baggage claim and you hear someone yelling out to you, don't go over. Yes. Just I'm ignore saying, them. They don't need anything. Right. I'm saying this specifically to, to our friend Randy and his wife Emily. <laughs> that's because right. Because they're about, about to head out that way. Yeah, and you know that's going to piss Randy off oh. if he gets sucked into that. Yeah. Don't do it, Randy. Don't do it. Um, the other thing I was going to say, too, is... Um, probably Nashville isn't my favorite because I fly in and out of there all the time. Mm-hmm. But they have made some really good upgrades to Nashville. So it's not – there's some good, like, restaurants. And if you ever have a layover there, it's not That's a terrible true. place to have to hang out for an hour. There's a, a place called Tootsie's, a bar, where they usually have someone singing uh, country music. Right. All so. of the kind of Nashville-based restaurants that are famous locally, they've put a lot of those – they put locations of those in the airport. So you can get a little taste of Nashville if you fly out. But uh, I was talking to someone who flies on on Northwest a lot and he said the Northwest gates, there aren't any, there isn't anything food or otherwise. Oh really? We should probably say that the noise you're hearing in the background is William's cat, Charlie, who's decided to create a ruckus right by the area where we're recording. But we are ignoring him because he's been very bad this evening. Well, you're ignoring him. You guys had a tiff earlier. We did have a tiff. Um, Which Charlie probably knows. That's why he's being obnoxious. Dickhead. (laughs) Uh, And one other other thing about the Nashville airport is just up until a couple of years ago, they only had two security lines. Yes, yes. And they've upgraded to, I think they're like six now or something like that. It's pretty, and it's a pretty slick operation. You get through pretty quickly. Yep. So after our little jaunt at the airport, we headed to our hotel, 
Right. Is it okay to talk about this, or are we out? Am I alpha? You know what? You just lead the discussion. No, no, no. Well, what I want to mention is because um, I should say that I was pretty impressed with the cabs and cab drivers in Seattle. Yes. Compared to other places. Seattle's my favorite cab city. Yes. And the first cab we caught, it was a Stitta. That's the cab company. Yes. Stitta. Stitta. And they drive a Prius. Yes. And... um, the, our car was a 69 car, so that had our name written all over it. was number 69. So we were, at, well, I was really pumped when the driver came over and asked if we needed a ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, the cab, I just wanted to mention that that cab was very clean. Yes. And, and it um, sm- had no odor. Well, that's the thing. I thought you said it, it smelled funny. That's right. I did say that. It had a, a, a slight um, body odor, but it wasn't offensive. Okay. It just was, I don't know what it was, some kind of musk or something. Okay. That was a little, it was recognizable as not pleasant, but I, I didn't, it wasn't annoying. It wasn't overwhelming. And we should mention that he was our first experience with the apparent uh, sinus problems that people have in Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. <coughs> <coughs> yes, very like drawn out clearing of the throat, like um, uh, various octaves as well to throat clearing. Right. So we feel you, Seattleans. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that cab was very uh, clean, very high tech. Had the everything looked yes. new. That's what I like about the Prius too. Apparently, that's in all Priuses. But you could see, like, you could see how much energy you were saving, and mm-hmm. the gas mileage on those bad boys is insane. Yeah, it makes me want to get one. And he was driving it too. You got to Yeah, he it was punchy. I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like we were putzing along. He was going straight through puddles. It's yep. like he wasn't, I guess, experienced Seattle drivers are used to all that rain. And, yeah, but it was, it wasn't, I wasn't scared with right. him as I have been with, with others. With yeah. others, yes. So, yeah, we rode in a Prius. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my point was that the cabs are nice in Seattle. Yes, And the yes. drivers are, are all nice and Very friendly. Very polite, yes. Yep. Although there was a cab. <laughs> There was a cab driver, and I meant to ask you about this, but I forgot. Um, it was when we had gone, we'll talk about this breakfast place, but when we had gone to breakfast, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't breakfast, maybe it was when we had gone out. It was when we rode... To dinner? Maybe, but he asked, He, I thought he asked us a question, like, how's your night going? Oh, and neither one of us... Well, I answered, but then he didn't say anything, so I was like, did he ask us a question? He did. He did ask how our night was going, Okay, but... I didn't understand him enough to want to respond. And I wasn't sure if I understood. How do you feel about me killing you? (laughs) Very well. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of awkward. But everyone was very, very friendly. Yes. So, okay. So nonetheless, um, we made our way to the Mediterranean Inn, which we have to say we stayed there. Uh, William and I have been to Seattle together once before, and we stayed at this um, hotel. It's in the Queen Anne neighborhood, which isn't right downtown, but it's um, within a half a block to about three different bus lines, or three different bus stops, all of which, I think all of the those three stops have all of the bus lines that come through Queen, Queen Anne. So it's very convenient. I don't think we spent more than $15 for cab fare to any of the kind of outside neighborhoods, did we? Uh, to the university areas. It was about 15 wasn't it? Was it? I thought it was 12-something. I was going to say plus uh, I 10. think it was around 20. Was it? Yeah, but Capitol Hill was about 15. Holy cats. Okay. I think, but, you know. 
Okay, scratch that then, people. I could no. You're right. It was fifteen fifty. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So it was right around fifteen to pretty much get anywhere else, and then um, it's also right outside of the um, Seattle Center, which is where the Space Needle and the stop for the monorail is. So you can walk just a few blocks and catch the monorail. That takes you right downtown for like two dollars. Yeah. Um, so so close to the Key Arena. Exactly. Where they have um, the uh, the pro the WNBA. WNBA basketball team women's basketball team and uh, a lot of concerts and your future wife sue bird sue bird yes <laughs> um but then um and but they also have the space needle right space needle mm-hmm. i keep wanting to call it the cn needle because <laughs> it resembles the cn tower, tower in yes. canada Anyway, um, at the top of the Space Needle, I would recommend that if you go there, we didn't go this year because we've been already once. Um, right. There's a rotating restaurant up at the top called the Sky City Cafe. Right. Um, it's a little pricey, but it's super. The view is worth it. Yeah, I would pay for that view and the food. I mean, the food's food's good for the the price. It's not like it's exorbitant for you know little fruit fruit dishes. It's pretty yeah. tasty. And when we went, it was very uh, misty out, yes. and kind of romantic, and it was dark, and you have little. I guess candles or lamps yeah. on your table is very nice. And the drinks were pretty too. The yeah. mimosas. Yep. So that's just kind of a little side note since we won't really be reviewing that. Right. If you get a chance, you should go. I like going up in tall buildings in big cities. So yeah. I try to go in every city. Um, so yes, we went to the Mediterranean. What I have to say about the Mediterranean is this is not like a bells and whistles hotel. It's very basic. They don't have like a restaurant or a lounge. There's a Starbucks kind of off the lobby um, if you want to get, you know, coffee. Obviously, that's what Starbucks sells. But um, <laughs> but um, the rooms are pretty low key. It's not like a big flat screen TV. There's no um, sleep number bed. The bathroom's pretty basic. They're very clean. That's and the room that we stayed in this time was very roomy. Right. Last year, I think it was a lot smaller. It was smaller. You said you didn't remember. No, you're right. It was smaller. Yeah. And, and this room, and we only had one window in the last yes. one. And this, this room, room had uh, two windows and both had really nice views. Yes. And the one had a window seat, which is like right. my personal fantasy is to die in house that has a window seat. Okay. So, um, Seattle like, Joe, <laughs> just invite us over to your place. Hey, but we had a great view this time too. Last time we were on the first floor and we were on like the fifth floor this time. So we could see kind of views of the water and the city. Right. And they also have a rooftop that yes. uh, you yes. can go up to and you can see pretty much across the city. You get a real good view of the, the needles, the yep. space needle and the Puget whole downtown Sound. Seattle yes. and the other side. Where Queen Anne the, Hill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, quite lovely. It is. So the I, I would and we also got a fantastic deal on that hotel we must say. Right. So for I think we paid like 60 bucks a night to stay there. For 60 bucks like you can keep your fancy shampoos. I I'd rather have the view and a and it's a comfortable. I mean I never was I didn't feel like it was dirty or It was very clean. Yeah. Uh the bathrooms back to the bathrooms. The bathroom was very clean. Yes. Um uh, you don't. They don't have wireless, but they have a network connection, and it's five bucks a night. So right. it's like it's no big deal. Which they actually never charged me for that. Yeah, I saw that. So you saw that they never charged me. Yeah. Oh. Well, they didn't mention it when we checked out. Oh yeah. So, so. and and no, they don't have flat screens, but they had two HBO channels. They had yes, a lot of cable. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they did have two HBO, which we took advantage of. We did. Yeah. 
So it's not, it's, I, I would recommend it actually. If you're somebody who's used to staying at the West End, you'll probably be disappointed. But if you're just like a regular traveler, if you don't spend all your time in the room, um, then I would highly recommend the Mediterranean. I would too. Because you can walk, I mean, yes. there's not a restaurant in the hotel, but, basically but there are restaurants the all over the place yeah. within walking distance. There are bars, there are clubs, there's a movie theater right across the street. Right. There's a grocery that's like a block and a half away, a, a liquor store. store. Yeah. yeah. Everything you could possibly need or want yes. is within like a one mile radius. Yes. And less. So. Absolutely. Yep. So that's our plug. I did want to ask you though, these ask. hotels... When you, you go to hotels in the bathroom, I always end up buying my own soap. Yeah. Because their soaps are so sm- small. Yeah. There's got to be there's got to be a day coming where they actually come up with an idea better than those little, little tiny soaps. Because you can't really shower with soaps that small. How much soap do you need? I, I like to get a good lather going. You can't get a good lather with it? Because they bring you a new one every day, you know. Yeah, but it's very small. Okay. I don't have a problem with it, but that's okay if you want to bring your own soap. Maybe you should write to the hotel and tell them, hey, bring me a bit. Well, I think if they brought a full bar of soap, that would be wasteful. Not if they left it. If they know that you're... That's gross. What I'm saying. your old bar of soap. (laughs) No, I'm saying if that person is staying there for five days. Yes, 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 yes. But they uh, don't know that. I mean, Well, you get cheap soap like ivory or something. (laughs) When I bring my soap, they never When you open your bed and breakfast, you need to... Do that. I'll do that. Okay. All right. I'm just messing with you. Um, but yes, the Mediterranean, <laughs> we both su- highly suggested. Yes, absolutely. The people at the front desk, very friendly, very, point like, you in the right direction. Awesome travel guides. Yep. Um, and actually, at the end of our trip, when we left, um, we had called down to have them call a cab. And they said, well, actually, you know, we're affiliate, we have this car service that we can recommend. That's, and they saved us probably 10 bucks right. total on, on cab fare. And we rode to, back to the airport in a town car. Yeah, leather It was very comfortable and calm. <laughs> right. The guy drove like in the, unlike taxi drivers that stay in the left lane, this right. guy was in the right lane. Yes. And we weren't in a hurry. Yeah. And uh, he was nice and friendly. He had NPR on the radio. It was raining. It was nice. It was kind of nice, actually. Yeah, NPR and, and rain. Yeah. I liked it. So um, after we checked in, we got in fairly late, like 10-ish. Um, we decided we were hungry. Mm-hmm. So we went to... Went to T.S. McHugh's. Is yes. that how you pronounce it? McHugh's, yes. McHugh's, which is the restaurant. It's a little Irish restaurant, pub kind of place. Yes. Uh, the last time we went to Seattle, this is the first place we went. And we went again this time because we really we're enjoyed it. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only about two blocks from the hotel, yeah. one block up and a half a block over mm-hmm. on Mercer. Here. Right. And I should say the Mediterranean Inn is right on Queen Anne Avenue. So if you're staying in Queen Anne, it's really easy for cabs to find it because it's a, the main kind of drag through uh, downtown, through the Queen Anne area. And it's also an easy point to reference if you're trying to get to and from someplace. So right. that's another reason I'd recommend it. But yeah, we went to T.S. McHugh's, um, enjoyed... Some late night grub and beverages. Yep. I had, uh, we both had Shepherd's Pie. Right. And I had a Manny's Pale Ale beer. Yes. Very tasty. It was. I had a sip of it. It was good. Mm-hmm. I had a vodka tonic. Yep. So, and uh, I think we had the same waitress we had the year before. Yes. I think we were discussing that. And the two times that we've gone, it's been later in the evening. Yeah. 
so it's been kind of quiet and it's um, nice. We sat by the window and yeah. Yeah. So T.S. McHugh's yes. recommend. Highly recommend. We are soon getting to restaurants that we won't recommend, but not yet. <laughs> so um, that kind of concluded our evening. So we headed back, um, vowing to get up bright and early the next day and hit the town. Right. Um, but as you know, in Seattle, it's fun to sleep in because it is chilly and rainy. Yes. Perfect and I, sleeping in weather. I must say it was much colder and rainier this time than the last time. We had like two days of sunshine. sunshine. And we also went, we went about a month earlier last time. Well, True. no, we went in September. Yeah. So it was about, about a month months. and a half. Yeah. yeah. So that morning we got up, um, well, actually... We didn't head out until about lunchtime. And based on our friend Joe's suggestion, we decided we were going to check out Fremont, which is another of these little neighborhoods in Seattle. And Joe kind of describes them, which I thought was an accurate description, as kind of like the five uh, boroughs of New York. Um, They're all within sort of Seattle proper, but they're kind of separate, distinct neighborhoods, all with their own sort of attitude and distinctions. Right. So we took the bus to Fremont. And I have to say, I don't know if you, how many notes you wrote on the buses, William. Well, I wrote, for newcomers, the transit system can be very can be a bit confusing, both the routes and the prices. Study yes. up before you go. Absolutely. And I, um, that morning, part of the reason it took us a while to get going is because I got fed up trying to figure out the bus schedules. Right. Um, because... And it, it's like this anytime you use kind of Google Maps to figure out how to um, travel via public transit. Based on the time of day that you leave, you may have you may be able to take a different different bus. So um, I kept having to like re- recalculate based on the time of the day. And the buses, when you use Google Maps to find your way around, the buses the buses are numbered, but they also give a direction on Google Maps. So it'll say you know bus thirty south. However, at the bus stations and on the buses themselves, it says bus 30 with the fu- the final stop for that bus route. So it'll say, you know, bus 30 Seattle Center or bus 30 Fremont. So unless you know that Fremont is, you know, north, south, east, or west, you're just kind of blindly getting on these buses and hoping that you're getting off the right place. Right. They also, the bus drivers don't announce the next stop. So you have, I mean, it really is difficult for people who aren't from the city to figure that out. It's really not meant for tourists, I don't think. Right. And I think as we go along with this, because the whole time also we were kind of trying to identify whether we could detect the uh, Seattle freeze that we've heard so much about. Right. I don't think we ever, I never really felt a freeze. No. But there is a kind of iciness with certain people. Yes. And there's a definite distinction between... The way you're treated as a local versus the way you're treated as a tourist. Right. I wouldn't call it a poor reception, though. I wouldn't call it cold or unfriendly. It's just different. Yeah, it's not like you said. It's not a tourist-friendly place. City, right? Yeah. Right. So, for the most part, yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that too. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to badmouth it because we did. We did Run have a good time. And we people, met some very friendly, even in Fremont. Yeah, helpful yeah. people too. Right. Um, so we figured out the bus, and so I, you know, and I, I of course. Because I kind of plan this stuff, I feel like personally accountable if it doesn't work out right or if you don't have a good time. So the whole time I'm like looking, checking. And we also have to say that day there was a police officer that had been shot in Seattle. So they were having this huge funeral for him with cops from states away that had come in. It was at the Key Arena, which we 
just talked about. But they had traffic blocked off for the funeral procession. Right. We were watching the news that morning, and they said, you know, expect a delay on the buses. So I wasn't sure what time we were playing, you know, what time we should expect them, how long we'd have to wait outside. We had to wait like an hour one time because I misjudged where the bus stop was supposed to be. So it's just, it's a little unwieldy right. at first. But we finally made it to Fremont. Yes. And um, I should mention the old guy's foot that I stepped on on the bus. <laughs> I forgot about We were both a little bit discombobulated, <laughs> wouldn't you say? I was very discombobulated. So, well, not only that, but we were trying to get off at a stop, and the bus was starting to take off right. again. So that's kind of where our disorientation was coming from. Right. And, but I stepped, I knew, I felt like I was stepping on something, but it didn't move. So I didn't think, and I hear, dude, dude. <laughs> And I turned around, he's like, you stepped on my foot. <laughs> so I said I was sorry, and he just nodded his head. Right, you acknowledged him. But he looked like a homeless person. Did he? Yeah, I thought so. I don't know. He had a he date. He also smelled like a homeless person, too. You could smell him? Um, yeah, I could uh, smell him as soon as I sat down. Oh. Um, but I was kind of hoping that would be your homeless, being accosted by a homeless person story for <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> Since we appear to be accosted every time we go somewhere. True. Um, but there actually was a guy, there was a, uh, I thought it was a mother-daughter couple that was a few seats ahead of us, and they were headed to Fremont, too, to see some of the tourist attractions there, and they were trying to get information out of the bus driver as to where they should go, and this right. guy that was sitting across from them ended up telling them where they needed, what you know, what direction they needed to head to see this thing that we actually went and saw he was, later, and he was just, he was very friendly and He nice. was, because... Uh, because the buses were running late, they had yes. two buses kind of back-to-back, and the bus driver stopped and said, we're going to take the, the people from the bus behind us right. and put them on this bus so we can get back on track. Right. And this guy helped a guy that was in a wheelchair get on to the bus. He strapped them in and right. everything. I didn't think that they were affiliated either. It didn't I don't appear think to so. be, which I was like, that's really cool. That is cool. I don't even know if you – I don't think – maybe don't it would think happen here, but, I, you know, you don't see that that no, often. So, not at all. Yeah. So I thought that was that kind of renewed my faith a little bit, and I remember elbowing you and saying "no freeze here" or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, so we <laughs> we missed the stop that we needed. We were trying to find a restaurant that Joe recommended, our friend Seattle Joe recommended to us, um, but we ended up missing the main spot for Fremont. So we had to kind of walk back. Right. Um, oh, and the other thing I wanted to say about the buses is the fares are very strange because sometimes you pay when you get on the bus, sometimes you pay when you get off the bus. The free zone within downtown is free, so you don't pay at all. There's also transfer tickets that you get. That So if you have to change buses mid-route, you don't have to pay a second fare. But there's no kind of like description as to how many times you can use those right. or if you have to use them like in the general vicinity of where you got off. It's like different zones you can exactly. use them in. So we would see people on one bus ride, we would see people pay when they get on, got on, pay when they got off, and some use a transfer ticket. Right. So I still have no idea. No. And Randy told me he's going to get a, an Orca card. Right. Which, But we only rode the bus that day. Yeah. So, But it's seventy-five. For a fare, and I, but I think it's going up to two dollars in uh, February. And in some cases, depending on where you rode, it was two twenty-five. I saw that on the sign oh, really? when we were in Fremont. Yeah. yeah. So, that, that, but that, I think that's one of the reasons why that day was the only day we rode the bus. Yeah, I think because we were was, both kind of tentative about riding the bus again. Well, and I was honestly afraid I was going to get yelled at one time. You know, if I didn't pay or didn't do, you know, if I didn't do the right thing. Well. Yeah. 
But you are also the one who, once you got your transfers, like, I bet I can use this all day. (laughs) (laughs) I just questioned it. I wasn't going to try it. All right. So anyway, we made it to Fremont. Joe, we tried to go to Paseo to have your chicken sandwich that you recommended, but it was like, it was chilly, which is, I'm usually okay with, but it was also pouring. Right. And, and, and windy. Thunderstorm. Windy. I didn't even know they had thunderstorms in Seattle. I didn't either. I thought yeah. it was just rain. But I, since we've been back, a couple people have said to me, oh, yeah, thunderstorms all the time. Yeah, that was weird. So, and it thunderstormed the first night we were there, too, because we were like, right. and it was lightning. that thunder? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry, Joe, but we did hear, um, we kind of stopped into a bar to see if they had food, and the guy there also said they had the best sandwiches ever. So, right. we'll have to take your word for it this time, but next time we'll definitely We're check going it back. Out. We have to go back. Yes. For one reason or another, but, you know, Ken Griffey signed for another year with that. the Mariners. So, so, if we do go back, it's got to be during baseball season, because next year is probably his last, last year. Last year. I'm with you. Yeah. So, um, so, instead, we headed to... Pranzo. 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 Which is right down the street Grazie. from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All our Italian listeners are now cutting us off. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Pranzo was a very cute little uh, Italian uh, outfit <laughs> just a couple blocks up from Paseo. Yeah. Uh, right on Fremont. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's Lane Avenue or what, but it's right on Fremont. Um, little, just a little narrow restaurant, um, but very like kind of quiet, laid back, yes, dark booths, very clean, yes. well put together, and we had a nice kind of genuine Italian because he was an Italian yes, he was, guy, and he was very friendly and sweet and helpful, right? So, and we ordered the, we had a, a carafe, a half a carafe of. Of wine. The house wine, which is very tasty. I don't know what it was, if it was a cab or what, but it was very good. Mm -hmm. We had a salad, Mm -hmm. and we had a a pizza called a, um, was it Da Vinci? Was it the Da Vinci? I think so. I don't know, but it was good. Yes. So. Really fresh, delicious, like fresh mozzarella, really fresh uh, spinach, tomatoes. Everything was like, they either picked it out of the garden or like, I don't know. I don't want to use any other analogies. Picked but it, it was, out of their butt. <laughs> it was very, very fresh and delicious. Yes. So and pretty that, reasonably priced. Yeah. So that's another recommend. If you can't get into... Paseo. Then go to Pranzo. Yes. Very different foods. Paseo is apparently Caribbean. And okay. according to Joe, he, he the best chicken sandwich he has ever had was at Paseo. And seeing the line that we saw before we went in and after and we after. left. Yeah. Because we were at Pranzo for pretty, a Until pretty the, long time. Yeah, because it was Late raining. into the afternoon, yeah. too. And that line was still out the door. Right. Paseo is a pretty small little cafe, but still lines out the door. Yep. A waiter. That isn't a waiter, my dear. That's a butler. Well, I can't yell old butler, can I? Maybe somebody's name is butler. Have a point, an idiotic one, but a point. So after that, it had cleared up, and it was actually sunny and um, just a little breezy. Nice little day to go for a walk. So we walked a few blocks down to kind of the heart of Fremont, um, and Joe had told us that the statue of Lenin is there, right? Um, not John Lennon. <laughs> no. Yeah, and there's also something called the Troll Statue. Right. And William's going to give us a breakdown of what that is. 
Well, first, really, I want to talk about the Statue of Lenin because okay. there were people surrounding kind of the, the signage that yes. told us what it was about, but it's pretty interesting. But I thought you could read it from far away. I did. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I went on the Wikipedia. The statue was constructed by a Slavic Bulgarian sculptor under the commission of the Soviet and Czech- Slavic governments. Mm-hmm. And this was during uh, 19. 19- 88 that he finished it that recent yeah huh uh this is this is vladimir lenin right so after the fall this is right before the fall of communism which was 1989 oh so you know this guy has to be pissed off he took this time to construct this and then after that after the fall of communism they took the statue down and it ended up in uh it was in a place called Poprad, Czechoslovakia, now Slovakia. So they took it down and sent it to Czechoslovakia? No, that's where it was, oh. where, where it was installed. I was like, what? Okay. But, but then once it got taken down, it was put into like a scrapyard. There was a teacher working there from Washington, from the state of Washington, okay. who saw it, who went to the scrapyard to get bronze or something, I don't know. But he saw it lying in the scrapyard. He paid $13,000 for it. He eventually had it shipped to the United States for $41,000. He wanted, he had problems with getting it imported or whatever, but during that, his name was Lewis Carpenter. Okay. Uh, during all of this where he's trying to get it over here, he was killed in a car accident. <laughs> so the stu- statue was a part of his estate. It was just lying there in the backyard. Real? It was in his backyard? Yeah. Well, yeah. So... It says the family contacted a local brass foundry. They moved it off the property and put the statue where it is now, at the corner of North 34th and Evanston, where we saw it. Right. Uh, that was in um, 1995. Okay. Um, and that's where it is now. Um, but the family is really still trying to sell it. They uh-huh. put it up for sale out for 150000 in 1995. And in 2006, it was up for a quarter of a million. So... It's up for sale if anybody wants to buy it, but that's pretty... <laughs> You're not going to buy it? Uh, no, not this time. No, but It's too bad. Yeah. But it's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm glad that you took, took a picture the time of to it. do all that research. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I was wondering, why is there a statue of Lenin here? <laughs> yeah, I was too, but I didn't... I just thought maybe it was like funky, because Fremont's kind of a funky... Um, it reminds me of Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's got that same kind of like quirky feel a lot of locally owned shops and restaurants and stuff um so i did i was like oh maybe it's just some like kitschy thing that they've put here is like you know to be ironic right but turns out it's not no very interesting we also walked up under the over there's a huge bridge that runs across um i don't know if that's a river or just part of the sound but um it runs. It kind of connects the two sections of Seattle. Then um, we saw the Fremont Bridge Troll, right? Which is a big ass sculpture. Yeah, it doesn't really have that great a story, <laughs> so I'm not going to go into it. It's just a big ass. But he is holding like a, a VW bug. Yeah, which I didn't notice until after. I didn't realize that till I'd read about it after we uh, visited there. I just saw the tire because right. there's like a tire underneath his hand. Right. And he has a weird, shiny eye. Yeah, yeah. true. And it says uh, it was featured in the movie 10 Things I Hate About You. So, Really? Yeah. I need to watch that again. Yeah. 
so yeah, visit Fremont if you're there. Um, we didn't really get a chance to look around a whole lot because I don't know why we were in such a yank to get back, but I we think were. with the rain and everything, it kind of well. And I, I wasn't sure if it was going to start raining again. I didn't right. want to get caught down there, um, so we waited about an hour for the bus <laughs> because. Um, there were actually two buses with the same number. They just went in different directions. So I forced us to stand on one side of the road for about 20 minutes and then realized that we needed to cross the road and stand over there for another 35 minutes. Right. So thanks for being patient, William. Well, whatever. We like the people watching. Anyway. Yeah, we do. And there's some good people watching that can be done from bus stops. That's right. Yes. Bunch of freaks. <laughs> so anyway, um, we headed back to Queen Anne. And decided that night we were going to see a movie. Yep. And eat some dinner. Yep. Um, dinner. One of which went well, the other of which did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, should we do? Let's talk about the dinner place first, then we can all do right. the movie review. Okay. Um, so we had. I had heard really great things. All the reviews that I had read. All of the, you know. Um, urbanspoon.com and yelp.com all of those kind of restaurateur slash travel sites had recommended this place that was just about four or five blocks from the mediterranean and it was called william did you write that it's down? called the boat street cafe the boat street cafe um so i was very very excited read all these reviews figured out where it was um, put on my best walking shoes, and we headed down in the rain in the rain to visit you with an umbrella me without yes which I, I do have to say on a side note, I almost packed an umbrella for you, but then I remembered the last time we went to Seattle, you were like, I don't need an umbrella. I don't have hair. The last time it didn't rain like that, though. It was misty most That's of the time. That's true. Because I seriously did think about packing one for you, knowing right. that mine was small and it'd be hard for us to share. Right. Um, so I just wanted to say that. That's what he said. <laughs> that <laughs> it was small and hard for us to share. <laughs> right. No. Nonetheless. No, um, I know. I appreciate that. And you did offer... For I us did. both to get under. But it was awkward to walk with both of us under the umbrella. Yes. As is most things that we try to do. Together. <laughs> so, um, so we walk down. We get to this restaurant. And I'm going to say that I have a lot of emotion tied to this story. Um, so just bear with me. But we come in. And first of all, it's a very small little outfit. I'm gonna, why am I saying outfit today? <laughs> it's a very small little place. Yes. And so you open the door and you're literally like amidst the diners immediately. There's tables sur- kind of surrounding you. It's a little isthmus, isthmus of, uh, of floor that you're standing on surrounded by tables. Right. And I'm sort of looking around and there's a couple behind us who very clearly knows where to stand because they're you know off to the side. Right. And this woman approaches me. She's carrying a pitcher of water and she says, yes. Like, not, can I help you? Yeah, she's like a waitress. Yeah, uh, so we thought. Yeah, and there's no hostess there. Right. There's like no foyer or whatever. There's no, no. place to, where the people You're that walk You're literally standing in the middle of a dining area. Right. And I said, yes, we have a party of two. And she said, oh, I'm not going to have anything for at least an hour. And all of this is, saying with, is being said with the same amount of kindness dripping kind of from her. snobbish, conceited. Yes. I'm not going to Stankery. have anything. And she's looking at me as if I am six years old and I have just asked her, like, why can't you just use a credit card to right. pay for that? You poor little girl. Exactly. You thought you could just walk in here and eat? <laughs> right. She says, um, you know, we're not going to have anything for at least an hour. She, and then she looks at me and she says, we take reservations. Right. First of all, nothing – and I went back and looked at this too because I was pissed. <laughs> and you knew I was pissed. I went back and looked like – at all the reviews I read, nothing had said, you know, 
recommend a reservation. And this was, it was a Friday night. And to our credit, I mean, to her credit, we had planned to leave much later for, or much earlier for dinner. So I thought, okay, if we hit this early, we'll be fine. Or if we hit it after the movie, we'll be fine. But we came right at peak dinner time. Here's my issue with this bitch. Thing one was... Uh, no, you cannot tell me that every single table in that restaurant had just sat down. Right, and they were going to be there for an hour. Thank you. Because we were the, we were the first people in that actually needed a table. Exactly. There were there was a couple behind us, and after we left, he said we have reservations for so and so. Right. And I thought, okay, so that's that empty table that I saw. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that all these people just came in and are going to take an hour more to cycle through. Right. Although. Uh, anyway, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, we read some reviews later where it took them like two hours to get their yeah, food. So maybe. So second of all, I guess, and maybe this is just a naivete of mine, but you know, we've, we go to restaurants here that are fairly hot and happen in places where a lot of people know about them. They're busy every week. They still have, they don't take only reservations. Right. They have a few spaces that they reserve. I mean, I think the longest I waited for a table in Nashville is probably 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I've also, tra- I mean, I've traveled quite a bit. I've been to LA. I've been to San Diego, San Francisco. I've been to New York. I've been Chicago. I've been to fairly large cities where there are restaurants like this. I have never had that kind of reception before, especially if, I mean, it was I felt like it was pretty obvious we'd never been there before. Yeah, I think she knew she that, knew too. That. Yeah. And so that kind of, it kind of solidified that whole, like, hey, Seattle may not be the best for tourists. Right. You know, well, that's where the Seattle, the iciness comes in. Yes. 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 So it was a little uh, frustrating. <laughs> and so what I wanted to say, because I had, I've been tossing it over whether or not I want to like email or send a letter to this place telling them about this podcast. What I want to say is their menu looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. And all the reviews I read sounded like their food was amazing. I would have loved to have given it a try, but I will not go back there. No. Ever. No. If we visit Seattle again, if any, we know anyone that goes there. I would never recommend that place. I may go after hours and urinate on the front door. <laughs> that's <laughs> but it. But that's not really out of the norm. <laughs> but it looks it looks like a cool place. I will say that it's kind of nestled in this business park building, but they have this weird little like stepping stone patio outside that's probably pretty cool in the summer. Right. Um, and inside, it was very. It was actually a little overheated inside, but it was very warm and kind of. Had a romantic feel, yeah. a little dark, and like a kitchen. Yeah. I feel like you were in a kitchen. But so you lost us, Oak yes. Street Cafe. So we ended up hoofing it up the street to a Chinese restaurant, to the Uptown China Restaurant, <laughs> yes. which had great run-of-the-mill Chinese food. Yeah, and gave William a Coke that had two maraschino two cherries, cherries in it. <laughs> which I was like, "Why are you putting cherries in my Coke?" And then once I got to the bottom where the cherry flavor was there, I was like, mm, "That's why you're this putting is delicious. cherries in my Coke." More cherries, please. <laughs> um, and I was grumpy, so. And we had, um, I had the fried rice and shrimp, and yes. you had the mushu chicken. Yes, which was good. I mean, yeah. it was, it's Chinese food. It's like if you go get Chinese, right? It's, it's nothing. Good. If you go to Seattle, don't go there. Right. It's not. It's not bad. It's just you can have the same kind of food wherever you're from. Right. But we were annoyed. in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Annoying in a hurry. But after that, we um, went to the movie. There's actually the movie uh, theater right next door to the Mediterranean Mediterranean Inn, which is the Uptown Cinemas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw... New York, I Love You. Yes, we did. Which is sort of the series of 
vignettes, I guess you could say. Um, and most of them have some, most of them are love stories, even if they're not between like a, a couple. They're all kind of stories about love between right. two people. Different phases and types of love. Like there's erotic kind of love. Yes. There's a, a melancholy kind of tragic love. Yes. You know, passionate. There's a, the rekindling of passion. Yes. So, yeah. Eleven different. Um, there are eleven. Okay. Yeah. Um, I a want, lot of big names, too. Yeah. Uh, Nellie Portman, who directed and acted in the film. Yes. Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. Julie Christie. Christian Haydenson. Bradley Cooper. Robin Wright. No more. No, just Robin Wright. Chris Cooper, who you love. I do love Chris. Actually, my mom loves Chris Cooper. Like, loves Chris Cooper, yeah. She told me she had a a massive crush on him a few, probably like two years ago. Really? Yeah. Is that when Breach came out? Is that the... Actually, I think that is when Breach came out. Yeah. Huh. Good call, William. She likes uh, corrupt people. Yeah, she does. And he always plays a little bit of a naughty boy. Yeah. But anyway... Orlando Bloom and Christina Ricci. I yes, just wanted to throw I've those heard out about there. them too. Yeah, and I wanted to point something out that I read. Yes, the producer of this film is a guy named uh, Emmanuel Ben Behe. I don't really know how to pronounce that. Okay, but the the film he produced before this was Paris Je T'aime. Oh Je T'aime, yeah, yeah. Which is Paris I Love You. Right, which is what which, this was kind of based on, right? Right. Well, th- that one was 18 uh, vignettes, okay. little love stories. Apparently, this is a series that he wants to do. Really? Because the next one is called Shanghai, I Love You, which really? could be really cool, actually. We should see Paris, I Love You. We should. Or Paris, J'attem. Right. But apparently, he gives people, uh, what he tells the directors of these films is, you have two days to shoot it, okay. seven days to edit it, and that's really? it. Yeah. Wow. And he gives them, like, you know, they can be love lost, you know, like in the midst some of love. Parameters. Or, yeah. So. And that's what I liked because at the end of the movie, like the credits, they show each vignette, they show who wrote it, who produced it, and who started it. And little so you, clips of them while they were yeah, making it. That, I, I almost like that more than seeing the movie itself because you're kind of like, you can kind of see who these people are and. It's just interesting to me to see, like, who the creator of this art is. Right. Um, but it, I really enjoyed it. I did. Sorry, it, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say, you get to see a lot of different uh, views of New, New York, York City. Yeah. You could sit the, to see the Chinatown area, the Brighton Beach, you know, area. There's a scene with Eli Wallach and uh, uh, Cloris Leachman, yes. it, which is very nice. Um so and and you get the, into the subways and then call it kind Central of the Park. yeah the yeah. innards of the city not just the the touristy places and not just the pretty parts right. like it was real New York yeah little restaurants the sidewalks yep and the music was great too that was the other thing it was very well placed in each kind of story the the music I thought yep I lo- kind of a twist of modern and class more classical pieces yeah the yeah I. I mean, it's several different. It's eleven different stories, right? So not every story affected me in the same way, right? Um, there were certain stories that there was one that was very funny, like the James Con. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Ethan Hawke. Oh, that one was good too. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites is Robin. There's one with Robin Wright and Chris Cooper that I really enjoyed. Yes, I did. Too. Uh, the Cloris Leachman, Eli Wallach one I enjoyed. The one with Natalie Portman and. I don't know who what the actor's name is. I've seen right. him in other things. But. but there was a kind of like a forbidden love type mm-hmm. of thing. I felt like that almost had to be its own little movie. Yes. Uh-huh. And I also felt like that was just a little forced. 
Yeah, yeah. So that was my You, you can really feel the, uh, the chemistry there. Right. So there were a few stories that didn't hit me in the same way. Right. But overall, I did enjoy, yeah. enjoy the film. Me I too. would recommend it. As would I. So... So um, let's go ahead and, and give our ratings here. Okay. So William and I, as usual, every week, play a little game with ourselves called Who Can Get the Closest to the Rating Given on IMDb.com. Um, so what what would you rank this? I would give it a 6.8. I'd give it a 7.3. Watch, it'll be 7.1 or something. 7.3, right on the nose. Dun, dun, Way dun. to go. I know, I'm great, right? Yep. You know, this is what I've always liked about New York. These little moments on the sidewalk. You can watch the buildings, you can look at the people. Sometimes meet somebody you feel like you can talk to. So, um, we're going to go ahead and stop for for this particular podcast. Um, but we're just going to break this one up since we've got a lot of things that we still want to talk about. And we want to give Seattle a thorough evaluation especially given the amazing suggestions that our friend joe sent us um so go ahead and stay tuned for part two but um as you're kind of hearing this if there's a place you'd like us to visit if you'd like to give us your opinion about seattle or any of the places or movies that we've seen you can always email us at vagabond exchange at gmail.com would you also like to tell them we now have 15 fans on, on the facebook. vagabond exchange That's facebook right. page for those of you who may have been paying attention, if you recall correctly, last week William said that he would become a fan of the page if someone who neither of us knew added us or became a fan of the page. Well, friends, that time has, has come, and uh, William has decided to, in fact, go back on that promise that he gave not only to me but to our listeners. Well, So if you'd like to email him <laughs> and tell him that he's a douchebag for no. that. Feel free to do that the at vagabondexchange at gmail.com. The one, the, person, the one person that signed up is a mutual friend of two guys that we know, and so I'm pretty sure that we met this person at some point. I don't think we have, though. Well, we'll ask uh, Columbus Dan. Yes. And he will tell us. Who's the other friend that he's... Phil. Phil's a fan? No, oh, a, but he's a friends friend. With Phil. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings. Use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.